What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover your favorite Boston teams and stories from Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond. We're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Pats make a surprise trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop bonus instant reaction episodes too, so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action and follow off the pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new champion. But I'm better than you, and you know it. D M D. Acknowledge me. Well, ding dong, hello. Embrace the vision. And we want the smoke. Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. Heard worldwide. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wednesday Worldwide. Worldwide? A proud member of the faction known as the Ringer Wrestling Show. My name is Ben Cruz, and I'm a producer here at the Ringer. And with me today is a usual tag team partner, the super producer, here at the Ringer, Mr. Brian H. Waters, Hollywood. Uh, I know you're on cloud nine these days. Uh, your Baltimore <laughs> Orioles just went on an eight-game win streak. How are we feeling about the O's here in, in mid-July? I mean, I'm feeling good. You know, we've got dropped two to the Dodgers, but... That's the worst. You know, some young birds that they got to, you know, get some um, dirt on their hands. So they got to yeah. get used to this. This is something new, playing meaningful baseball deep into July and August. So. I'm excited. There we go. There we go. You're still in the leading the wild card there, right? Yeah, but that's not Barely. the most thing I'm excited about. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. As long as you're excited, I'm excited. Um, everyone else, you'll notice our worldwide sounded a little different today with Brian H. stepping in. Uh, our guy Cal is out for some, some well-deserved vacation time this week. So here's what we did. Hollywood and I went to the back. We went into the locker room. We found ourselves a mystery tag partner because we needed a third person for the week. And boy, oh, did we find one. You know him from the press box here on The Ringer, as well as an upstart podcast called The Masked Man Show. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Here on The Ringer Wrestling Show feed, he is the Ringer Wrestling Show authority figure. He is David Shoemaker. Dave, thanks so much for filling in today for Cal. How the hell are you? Well, I didn't get to do the worldwide, so I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I'll tell you that you, you get to do the one on the way out. Okay, that, deal, deal. Yeah. Now make me stay, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. This is a real treat for me. We know you're uh, you're sandwiching this in between your your regular mass man duties as well as everything else you do for the ringer. So we we do appreciate it. Let's get right to it. Let's kick things off the right way. With some high spot headlines, and you know the deal. I'm going to read out some of the biggest headlines of the week in the world of professional wrestling. And whoever wants to tag in and let their thoughts fly, let it fly. First up, Seth Rollins, who was just on the Impulsive podcast, said that match ratings are, quote, silly. Dave, I'm going to throw this one to you first. We're now in 2023, the year of our Lord. Uh, where, where do you stand on match ratings now versus when I... In my opinion, they, they seemed a little bit more important back when they kind of first started coming up through the ranks. Where, where are you at now? Uh, how much time do we have in this segment? I don't know how you, uh, how you meet these things uh, out. 
Listen, two minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, let me try to keep it short. No, no, go ahead. Uh, if you want to say match ratings are silly, that's fine because they are inherently silly. In pro wrestling, we have a fairly limited vocabulary to discuss the things that are good and bad about the things that we watch, right? And yeah. also, as much or more so than any other comparable art form, wrestling is incredibly subjective, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, like, and, and just the way that you experience wrestling is subjective. Because you can go see a movie and say, well, you know, a highbrow take could be like, if you don't appreciate the way they're shooting the scene, you don't get it. Well, in wrestling, it's like, what are what are you here for? You could be here for the for the for the bell bell. You could be here for the acrobatics. You could be here for just the drama. You could be here for anything else. It it is what's not the parts that aren't subjective. By the way, are totally manufactured by the promoters or whatever. Right. So we we can right, set right. that aside for a second. But the deal is, it's so subjective that we're at this weird point where one man's sort of robotic like scoring and filing system has gained this outsized status in the pro wrestling world, right? The reason that we talk about it so much is because it's inherently not, it's inherently subjective. The ratings are subjective, right? And yeah. you, you can say he's wrong about a match and think that you've disproved, I'm talking about Meltzer, obviously, but you can say that you you disagree with the score and, that dis- and say, think that disproves the whole system, but actually that proves exactly the point. Of everything, right? The the debate is the point. Maybe that's not Meltzer's point, but but it's the reason that he matters. It's the reason why this conversation matters. Yes, certain ma- uh, d- d- distilling a match down to the, the what goes on from bell to bell and the, the whatever the drama and the acrobatics in the ring. Yes, it's reductive, but we get to talk about it because of that. That's the only. That's the way that a conversation about something subjective really has meaning. Is that you can look at someone's ratings and say, "No, I disagree." What really mattered was all the stuff that led up to it, right? It might have been right. A, it might have been a schmoz in the ring, but it had this weight because of X, Y, and Z, whatever. So, yes, silly. I would go with subjective, but that's the point. That's why we're talking about. It. That's why. That's why Seth Rollins is being asked about it. You know, right? And in, in your mind, is it is it more helpful that it created kind of this rubric where it was, it's, it's a very simplified system on how we judge matches, right? It was just one through five. Everyone can kind of quantify that, right? Whether you're a wrestling fan or not. And I, I feel like that's what's been the most helpful. Or Yeah, yeah and there's cage and, match rankings and there's all this other kind of stuff. And, right. and, and honestly, like, you don't want to lump everybody's point of view. You know, the, the mass is not one just unified thought, uh, brain and voice. But... You hear a lot of people saying that the ratings don't matter, but then you, you know, the next two posts down on Reddit or wherever, wherever you're looking is like all the five star matches of the 90s. You know, it's important for history, right? right? It's important because there's so much wrestling that we sort of have to figure out a way to like parse it out. And it's really difficult, as you and I, all three of us know, people who've worked on big, wide ranging historical projects in the pro wrestling sphere, it's hard to, to, to just sort of, go through history in a comprehensive way. And, and and that's, listen, it's an inexact science. It's an imperfect science, but that's part of what this is too, right? I mean, it's, you got to go back and look at what all the good matches are. You don't filter by five stars. Maybe you filter by four and up or four and a half and up or something like that. But that gives you an idea of what the wrestling world looked like from a certain lens. Right. Brian, you played... 2K23 just as much as I do and you know we're we're chasing the star ratings in there too whether we like it or not where are you at on on this match rating star rating debate 
See, Ben, this is why you're good at what you do, because that's exactly where I was going. I was really going to <laughs> 2K and AEW Fight Forever. Those exactly, when you're sitting there playing those games, you're sitting there trying to get that five-star rating so you can get more bonuses. And so then you're thinking, okay, how many suplexes I got to have? How many um, clotheslines? You know, how does the match look on surface? And that's the thing. Like, when I sit back and look at it, as far as match ratings, I agree with David. It's just silly, uh, subjective. Uh, and I always think about it like this. If I'm going to go back, if you tell me something is a five-star match, I'm going to look at it, but then I'm going to go back and watch it like years down the line. Is it still going to hold up? Because a lot of times you do need the build-up. You need that build-up to appreciate it. Like, it wasn't till recently that I didn't, I realized that Stone Cold versus The Undertaker at SummerSlam 98 wasn't a quote-unquote great match because I was so invested of the buildup and putting myself back at a 12-year-old who loved everything about it. So I'd rather not, like, pay attention to that person's five-star rating, but more so I'll use it as a guideline and say, okay, if this was a five-star, let me see. Let me watch it again. Like, when I did the WrestleMania article, I did look at what was considered the star ratings as far as matches that were forgotten. But then I also took what I thought about certain matches and where did I rank it, whether I agreed or disagreed. And, I mean, it's, again, the word subjective is is the one that comes to mind automatically when you kind of bring up these ratings, right? And Dave kind of front-loaded it there. Uh, what I... What I've really wanted to see them start doing, or at least I, I think we have done this as kind of the internet wrestling community, is just start to to write storylines. Right? I think that's become the other kind of trending word of of the last year and a half, two years, because of the bloodline, right? Like I and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but none of those none of these matches that have occurred with the bloodline have been have been given five stars, right? Dur- it, with this subjective system, but I think collectively. We all agree that like that's that's a five star storyline. It's go or well, it's going to be by the end of it. So I mean, it's it is silly. Um, I, I still think it's it's somewhat important in that it kind of give again it kind of gives us like a baseline on how to judge things. And whether that's fair or not, you know, we we can debate till uh, you know <laughs> the end of time. But I see what Seth is saying. Ironically, he's he, he's been, he's been given some five stars, right? <laughs> he's he's one of these guys who's just a freaking puts on banger after banger. Um, and, but for him to say it just kind of sh- goes to show you that, you know, you like what you like, right? And, and I think that's that's the thing that's most important. Next up here on High Spot Headlines, WWE has, quote, high interest in Nick Aldis. Uh, Brian, I'm going to throw it to you first. For the uninitiated, Nick Aldis is uh, is Mickey James's husband. Uh, also, a great a great professional wrestler. Does does he fit in with uh, with with WWE and where they're going in 2023 and beyond? I would be interested to see. Um, you know, when I think of Nick Aldis. I just think of like you know, well dressed man walking around with the NWA World's Championship and putting on great matches. And I think about like his match with Cody Rhodes. Uh, so I think they will find a fit. You know, you're starting to see a well range of talents in WWE right now. And it's different than, you know, the same cookie cutter wrestler that we used to see even five years ago. So I think they will find a fit. Um, Dave, go ahead. 
And oh. you're talking about a, if you're talking about a well-dressed man <laughs> with the NWA championship putting on great matches, you're talking about Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair. <laughs> well, yeah. I know Ric Flair is the standard, but you know. No, but I mean, listen, Nick Aldis is is um, a well-dressed man. Uh, he's a good professional wrestler in a very non-Meltzerian sort of way. Uh, he doesn't put on a lot of great matches. He puts on some. He puts on good matches. He's a good old school wrestler. He's like you know the sort of the template for you know what they were trying to build with the NWA most recently when he was there. I think his Cody match may be his best match. Uh, the one from All In. From um, All In, yeah. Uh, he put on some, he had some decent ones with Samoa Joe back in the impact day. Like, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, but he's consistent and he's solid. Mm -hmm. I said on Masked Man this week that I thought it'd be interesting just to drop him down in in NXT and let him sort of Mm. fill that role as the sort of, you know, steady hand down there. But it looks like they're trying to hire him. I mean, listen, it wouldn't be shocking if he popped up on the main roster. I mean, he, you know, we've got a bunch of these other sort of NWA impact dudes and L.A. Knight and Dexter Loomis and stuff that have been well-built fellows uh, that look like professional wrestlers. You know, I mean, he, he fits a certain mold, but I thought I saw they were, looking, they were talking about him as a producer. I don't know if that's well, that now was, or in the future, but... That was one of the things I saw, too, yeah. He certainly seems to have a mind for it from the interviews I've watched and from watching him talk, and, and but more than anything else, it's like you kind of have to defer to the HR department there or whatever because I, we don't know who what, what goes into being, you know, what the... With the if someone's going to be a great producer or not, it does seem like WWE se- tends to hire people and and have a pretty good track record with with that. But but you know, uh, listen, he is an interesting talent, and I wouldn't be shocked. To, I wouldn't be shocked, and I wouldn't be disappointed to see him. There was a stretch there with Nick Aldis where and LA Knight, ironically, when they were both not in WWE, where it was very much this Shaq me moment for me, where it was oh I wasn't familiar with your game because uh, for for a while I confused them. I called Nick Aldis LA Knight and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So to your point, Dave, you kind of bring, you brought them up. If, if we brought in Nick Aldis, how much of that would happen? Uh, <laughs> just the confusion, because they kind of look, they kind of look similar. They're kind of built similar. Uh, I just, I just thought it was interesting because he's, he's, not, I guess he's like kind of been floated. His name's been floated around with WWE being interested yeah, in for him. a while. Yeah. For a while. And I guess the high interest here is, is the, uh, you know, the key phrase. Uh, and it's it's just one of those things too. I think Kaz brought this up. Uh, you know, when when Jay White ended up signing with AEW, where it was just you, you kind of wanted to see guys like Jay White, Nick Aldis, kind of be thrown into the machine that is WWE to see if they can swim. Uh, and I mean, I it is. It's I'd a very it, it's a very um, like '90s WWE sort of mindset. It's just like you know, mm-hmm. like hey, there's a wrestler who it's like something from the Bruce Pritchard podcast. Hey. Uh, you're like, Nick Aldis is available. And they kind of like, you know, just like Google and Google image search him. And they're like, okay, well, let's bring him in. Let's see what we can do. Let's find a gimmick for this guy, you know, give him a shot on TV. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Dave's in Dave's pro Nick Aldis in WWE. I think that's going to be the, uh, the big takeaway here. Last one here on high spot headlines. Another uh, Dave Meltzer report here. He says, The Rock interacting with Dave's best friend, Grayson Waller, is potentially a sign that he may, quote, show up soon. Dave, I'm going to throw this one to you first because I, I talked about your best friend, Grayson Waller. Uh, is is this more smoke with The Rock potentially appearing in WWE or does he need to come back? Has he had a rough year in Hollywood so much to the point that he's got to come back 
and rebuild some of his image. You can never really tell with these things. I mean, obviously, Grayson Waller is probably not freelancing out there, but whether or not <laughs> the whether or not the motivation is, hey, The Rock is signed on, so let's start getting his name in circulation, or if it's just like I, I, someone with a little bit more leverage is just like, I bet if we if, if we say his name on TV, he's gonna have. And maybe it's as simple as if Grayson Waller says his name on TV, he's gonna have to tweet about it, and that's that's worth it. You know, maybe that's the end of it. I don't know, man. We, I mean, the the Rock has been how it's been. What, seven years since his last match what we did the math you know like it's yeah. it's and he's obviously it's one thing i mean he's obviously at a certain age i mean you know it, it really it, it uh, it's unclear to me if that would be a, if it would be a good idea for him to come back uh from a quality you know entering quality perspective but you know we're not it's he's not shooting for a five-star rating here so who knows <laughs> who knows i mean i'll do i do think it's i mean it says a lot about grace and waller that they just keep running him out i mean l- letting him get into it with all these legends you know i mean and like you said grayson and i are very close so uh <laughs> it, it means a lot to me that's an image i'll never forget it's just you and grayson waller palling it up uh he, that's when i knew he was going to be a star <laughs> when he had you when he had you uh brian you know if, if cal was here i think he'd be rolling his eyes at the nostalgia hit that i'm trying to uh, get you guys to agree to what are you we, we kind of had this rock discussion when it was mm-hmm. that lead up to mania and i think we all we, we kind of got to the conclusion that he wasn't necessary anymore at that time but right. now a couple months removed you know where's an update where are we on the uh rock coming back meter it's really hard for me to see a picture of the rock in a wwe ring and the other side not be roman reigns or somebody from the bloodline as mm. much as because it's almost like even if it, yeah. it's almost sounds silly, even if he shows up with Grayson Waller and then Roman comes out there and say, oh, so now did you hear or something like that? Like, that just sounds so far off base. So I'm not buying it. I just I, I've kind of like accepted that we might not get Rock and Roman and it's OK. And it seems like as soon as I get OK with it, it get regurgitated somehow. Yeah, I mean, his name's been thrown around a lot, right? I mean, there's this, there's the comparisons to LA Knight. So mm-hmm. Rock's Rock's name's just kind of been in circulation. And look, man, I mean, aside from the uh, the fast Fast Ten cameo, which he was not going to show up in, you know, for all <laughs> <laughs> that was the news. Spoiler alert, by the way. I'm sorry if you uh, for all our Fast Ten uh, Ring Wrestling Show crossover people. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I'd love to see him back because I feel I feel like if if The Rock had a stock. And mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's the, that's a new tag team, the Rock and Stock connection. Uh, it's 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 it was for the while it was trending up, and it seemed like that was the trajectory. I don't know; it's kind of petered out uh, lately. It, and, and I'm not saying it's 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 plummeting. I'm saying mm-hmm. him returning to WWE, much like whenever Cena just pops in, his stock just you know it seems to skyrocket. Uh, I think Rock could, uh, it, it, you know, I, I, obviously Grayson Waller would benefit from uh, from that rub. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Rock might need the WWE rub right now. Ooh. That's uh, and, and I, you know, I love The Rock. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will hear no slander. I'm just saying, maybe just the dip your dip your foot back in the pool, Rock. Question. Just, I have a question though. Yeah. At what point is The Rock old enough to come back and not and have everyone be okay with him not wrestling? Hmm. Like you know, when like that, when, when the tribal elders came out and gave Roman the uh, the red leg, yeah. 
Like, if The Rock had a role like that, like, if he popped out, you know, next week or WrestleMania or whatever to do some sort of, like, ceremonial role, people would be just like, what? He's not wrestling? But, like, at some point, I mean, does he just have to lose 100 pounds of muscle to to play a role like that? As long as he looks like a million bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's too jacked right now. Yeah. Yeah. The like, year, it, years ago, I did a, I think, was it, I don't even remember if it was the, I think it was back at Grantland. I did a, to, a, a total deep dive on every movie The Rock had made up to that point. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my biggest complaint, The Rock is like, yeah, actually a pretty good actor. You can see him growing as an actor through all these, through all these early movies. But it was before he was the phenomenon he is today. But my biggest complaint about all this stuff is they just, he needed to have a script doctor or one of his guys insert just one sentence into every script, which is someone saying, damn, that guy's huge because like he kept playing all <laughs> yeah. these roles and he would just like walk into the drug kingpin's office and the guy would just talk to him and no point say like, why is your buddy built like a linebacker? This is crazy. It's like the biggest dude I've ever seen in real life. You're bigger than my bodyguards. But anyway, I think that's the reaction we would have. I mean, you, that's the sort of implicit reaction we have if the rock walks out on TV and doesn't wrestle. It's like, what? He's a wrestler. Look at him. Look at him. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to deflate him at this point, right? Like just yeah. kind of poke a needle into him, just watch the uh, the air kind of drain out. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. also if you get a little bit more grays, uh, he's starting to get some in his beard uh, based on the Instagram videos that I watch of him promoting the XFL and Terramana. Uh, but I think it's it's still he still looks a little too much like The Rock, you know. Mm. And I think once he gets more into Dwayne Johnson mode, I think maybe we'll. Uh, We'll accept it more there. There it is. You heard the drop. It's time for They Said What? The three of us have listened to The Masked Man Show and Cheap Heat, as I'm sure all of you fine listeners have as well, because you already subscribed to our wonderful feed here on The Ringer Wrestling Show. But we get to do something I'm sure you all wish you could do from time to time. We're going to respond to a take dropped by the likes of the present David Shoemaker, Kaz, Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Gregor, Dip. But for today's edition of They Said What, since we have a guest in Dave, we're going to the Wednesday Worldwide Hotline for because the takes came in hot uh, at the end of last week. So Brian H., set us up. What, what do we got coming here? First, we're going to start with Allie. Hi, yes, this is Allie. And... Y'all are my uh, on my way, long, long commute, way back and forth, way, daily way, or weekly way, rather, to listen to it. Love you guys. My hot take is this. With the Judgment Day on Raw and NXT and Rhea just doing anything but wrestling, I officially have fatigue, and I do not look forward to seeing them on TV anymore. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed NXT. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Allie uh, for Mm -hmm. listening on your long commute. Uh, But this one didn't age that great after last night. Uh, Dave, you you sent us a text this morning and just uh, you were ready to celebrate Dom's North American title, as as were the the rest of us. Uh, Is there any Judgment Day fatigue? Is there any whatsoever within you, last night aside? No, but... I mean, listen, part of that is that I am still very hopeful about the Judgment Day, and I feel like they're still not being utilized to the, you know, extent that they could be. Mm. I saw after after Dom's win last night, I saw a lot of people in online in various comment sections 
you know, fantasy booking a future in which in which Finn wins the the the, the title at, at SummerSlam and then suddenly right. the Judgment Day is just like dripped out with all the gold. I mean, that's what I and I think Kaz and some people were like fantasy booking for several months ago. You know, so like it, to me, it's like wh- why haven't we why haven't we pulled the trigger yet? It's just sitting right there. You know, after the last pay per view, it was we're, we're we're careening towards the end of the of the bloodline, and. Uh, there's a big opening hole for a new mega stable, you know, a new dominant stable, heel stable, WWE, and Judgment Day can be that. I mean, listen, I'm not going to complain regardless about NXT. It's fun to see him down there. But to see Dom win last night, celebrating with all of his Judgment Day squad mates and seem to have a really heartfelt reaction to the whole thing. Finn um, was super excited. The way that he was smacking him on the chest after the the count was, mm -hmm. again, super genuine. Uh, I don't know. I, I, listen, I think that there's a... To me, I, I don't really feel fatigued because I'm still waiting. But I guess that could wear out too, or wear thin too. I think that there is a reasonable argument that you to, for someone to feel Judgment Day fatigue because they haven't given us, up until Money in the Bank, maybe a lot of reason to be to be consistently enthralled by them. I mean, outside of the Dom and Rhea stuff. And... Hopefully we're turning in that direction, though. I don't know. I think I think it'll be harder to feel fatigue if they got a couple of more titles wrapped around their waist. Allie's issue seemed to be overexposure. Uh, mm -hmm. Just that they were kind of across all three shows, or you know that they were kind of making appearances. That that has no bearing on on how you're feeling about them these days. Yeah, well, I mean, when they're coming out and not doing much, but I think not just mm. Dom, but but Finn's segment on Monday Night Raw, um, interrupting the interview, going face to face with Rollins. I mean, that's. I can't imagine that counts towards anyone's fatigue, right? Because that right. was just a super good segment where Finn is, you know, a, a really really good character work and everything else. I just, I think it's, I think there's some legitimacy to it because they are on a lot. Um, yeah. But I've, but I've been waiting for all these folks to get screen time, more and more screen time. And finally they are, except for Dom, who I never wanted to have screen time <laughs> until, until he got it and started proving me wrong. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, whatever. To each their own. <laughs> Wrestling subjective, right? That's the lesson of the day. What's the star rating on last night? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Brian, where where are you on the Judgment Day fatigue scale? One to ten. Um, fatigue scale zero. Okay, uh, you're so all in. Like when I said at the beginning of the show, that wasn't the Orioles wasn't the most thing I'm excited about. It's the fact that Don Mysterio is a champion. I've mm -hmm. been waiting oh, here for we this. Go. Uh, in particularly since his match with his dad at WrestleMania. Um, you could just see the passion, especially when he sat down, him and Rhea sat down with David Kaz at WrestleMania. Um, you could just see like one day he was fatigued then, obviously, from wrestling the night before, but you could see the passion he has for the business, but also making his own. And I think with the judgment day, just watching them finally get going, uh just one of those things I said like WWE's felt more patient because it felt like if this would have been a previous regime, they would have said, all right, you know what? We pull the trigger. Because, you know, when we would do our individual picks, I kept picking the Judgment Day. And it yeah. felt like mm -hmm. they was always losing. But now yeah. it feels like, you know, here we are well over a year. And it's just looking at everything they're doing is so good to watch. I'm loving it. I want to see Finn become World Heavyweight Champion soon. So there is no Judgment Day fatigue for me. Give me more. I mean... It's we're really bookending 
you know, that story with him and Seth kind of at SummerSlam, uh, it's, you know, it's been seven years since they had their match and he, he messed up his shoulder. Um, and I was actually looking at it today, this day in wrestling history, was when I think Finn got drafted to Raw uh, seven years ago. So that the first time when he was drafted up from NXT and then kind of went on that tournament run. So it's all it's all coming together, which is which is fantastic. Brian, I know we have a couple more. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you play the next one for us? All right. This is from Kyle. Hello, this is Kyle from St. Pete. Second time caller. Love the show. I just wanted to get your thoughts on who you think is the most underutilized wrestler in AEW and WWE. Your conversation about Keith Lee and Ricochet got me thinking about that. Not necessarily underrated, but underutilized. Uh, I think Swerve is super underutilized, looking at him on Dynamite the other night. Uh, I don't understand why that guy's not toward the top of the card. Anyways, love the show. Thanks, guys. Underutilized. Dave, I'm throwing it to you first because you're the guest. I just did my top 10 guys we don't talk about enough rankings and then followed it yeah. up last week with the top 10 guys that didn't make the top 10 guys. I uh, <laughs> left off the top 10 guys. Uh, I don't talk about enough rankings this past week, uh, this past episode. Um, so I'm a little bit close to the sphere he's talking about. Swerve is a great one. I mean, I've said a million times. Mm-hmm. No one was deserved by being in the wrong company at the beginning of AEW more than than Swerve. If he had been available to be an, on AEW's opening day roster, he would probably have been championed by now. Uh, and there's a log jam, and they're you know trying to really figure out the way to work him up. And there have been some stops and starts and whatever else. Keith Lee is my you know one of my favorite wrestlers, <laughs> just full stop. But at this point, it's like I just assume there's more to the story that we don't know going on or something. If not, sure, put him on the list. Um, but Swerve is definitely up there. Up until recently, I would have said, well, I mean, you could still say it, is Malachi Black. I mean, that's yeah. another dude who should just be, give him, give them judgment day levels of exhausting screen time, you know? Like, I, I, I'm I, never going to get tired of them. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, what about WWE? Anyone on the WWE side? Oh, and WWE side? too. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you could make the case for LA Knight, although I think that some of that's pretty <laughs> deliberate. Um, I don't know. I feel like we know so... I feel like it's all so baked in. Um, who else? I mean, Ricochet, you could have said until recently. Ricochet now was, he's getting a look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's obviously getting this big opportunity. Um, dude, there's a lot of people who are kind of coming up right now. Dude, you could you would have said Jey Uso six months ago. You know? Like, you, yeah. there's... Um, yeah, I can't even think. Name some names. Well, like, like I'll, I'm sure I'll agree with whatever you guys say. Brian, what do you got? You you fired this one up. Yeah, give me some underutilized wrestlers. Uh, Jinder Mahal. I know he's oh. always doing with wow. um, Indusheer, but I just, I still like I like Jinder. I, I like his character. So, you know, I feel like he's being underutilized. And as far as AEW, I'm a huge fan of the Bunny. I feel like she's being underutilized. I was a huge fan of her work in, um, obviously, the independence, but also in Impact Wrestling. So I feel like she's being underutilized. Yeah. For WWE, mine is, is, is and forever will be, until they, they correct this, is Montez Ford. He's just, <laughs> he's so, 
again, he was crowned like a couple months ago. I was like, oh, he's going to be a future world champ. He's going to he's going to hold a singles title soon. You know, he he has that elimination chamber performance. Still nothing. Still waiting on my guy Tez to get his flowers. Uh, just because he's he's freaking incredible, man. He got um, into a limo with Bobby Lashley last week. What else? I mean, that's the high I, point of most people's <laughs> careers. Great. I I hope that's I hope that leads to something greater. You know, that can finally put a singles title on the or at least put the tag titles back on these guys. It's it's been so long since they've held any sort of championship or you know you any gold around around this waist. Where again, it's, it's he, he's he got to the point where he was underutilized so it's uh you know tough tough times for the uh the montez hive <laughs> over here uh brian i think i think we have one more uh why, why don't you play that last one we have on the hotline all right this is it this is from perry hey y'all this is perry up in uh burlington vermont and uh i just got out of the hospital i'm doing okay um the doctors told me that i uh drove off the road uh, last thing I remember before my accident was Brian Hollywood Waters saying that the AEW World Championship is equivalent to the NXT Championship. Now, I still can't believe what I heard. Kind of hoping I didn't hear it. But I want to call in and give Brian the opportunity to apologize to Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, CM Punk, and MJF for this absolute blasphemy. Love the show. We'll wait. <laughs> All right, Hollywood, I'm going to give you an opportunity to defend your take and defend your, your honor here. What say you? They put me on it. They said what? So, <laughs> what I meant was, and I'm not going to apologize to Adam Page and MJF. The other <laughs> ones, I can see what he's saying. Okay, yeah, they were champions or equivalent to being champions of WWE or whatever. But when I look at the surface, there's no way I'm matching MJF right now. If I'm doing a company versus company, opening that forbidden door, I'm not putting MJF against Roman Reigns. I'm not putting MJF against Seth Rollins. I'm sorry. I would put him more against Carmelo Hayes. And if Melo loses the championship to, let's just say, with a loss of the Baron Corbin or Braun Breaker. That's the way I see it on the level right now. As like Triple H said, congratulations, you beat our developmental system. So, and it's no disrespect to AEW. It's just right now the way the championship is being booked. I it's felt not like it disrespect to AEW. It's just disrespectful <laughs> to AEW. <laughs> Incidentally. Dave, these are the kind of takes that happen when you're not around supervising. Uh, do, you, do you have any response uh, to... To Brian's well, call about to get that... me written up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. First of all, Brian better sort of go fund me for Perry, like right now, right before the show is over. Because this is actually a legitimate issue. I mean, he might have a, leg a legitimate issue with you. Um, listen, uh, I think that there's a, a, a tiny, tiny bit of legitimacy to what Brian's saying, but no. No, you'd be if there was a if there was a forbidden door, you wouldn't do MJF Roman Reigns, but that's not because of the title. It's because MJF's not at Roman Reigns level quite yet. He's an incredible wrestler who deserves. I think MJF Seth Rollins would actually be about right. Um, but Roman Reigns is their biggest star, and right now the biggest star of AEW is CM Punk, or you know, make the case for Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, like whatever. But like, 
It's not just who's holding the belt right now. The AEW title has a lot of prestige in a pretty short amount of time. So I don't, I don't, you know, you're talking about wrestlers and you're also devaluing MJF, who is one of the greatest wrestlers around. So yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> but just in the way get well look- soon, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to Brian's secret email at, at gmail.com. Oh, that's right. Your secret email has been has been infiltrated as of late, which was a, a shock Start to me. On the the entire, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, a big shout out to everyone who's left us these incredible voicemails. Shout out to Perry again. Hope you recover soon. Please stop listening to us in the car. Just listen to us uh, when you're when you when you're st- when you're you know not moving. Uh, just for just for a while until you recover. Uh, again, thank you to everyone else who's left. There, they said what takes. We can't get to all of them, but we promise we'll get to as many as we can. Uh, we're going to take a quick break before we uh, have anyone else drive off the road uh, real quick here for, for any of our takes. Stay safe out there, people. We're, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are back. Uh, Something piqued my interest last week, and I wanted to get both of your thoughts and see where you're at on this. So Bleach Report dropped an article that was titled Four Reasons Why WWE is hotter than it was during the Attitude Era, which is just an SEO pot of gold. Uh, And it was based off a report uh, from from Dave Meltzer, the the other Dave, as I like to call him, Shoemaker, just Mm -hmm. so you know. Uh, Appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, He said that, you know, WWE right now is is just simply doing numbers, right? Attendance is up. Numbers are up. Merch is up. And in fact, one of the quotes that, Meltzer dropped was merchandise has never been higher ever not in the attitude era not in the Hogan era never as high as it is now so the conversation I wanted to share with both of you is is this um is this latest stretch really the hottest WWE has has ever been uh and and Dave since you know, your your namesake dropped this report. I'll, I'll let you go first here. Is this the hottest it's ever been? Is 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 there is there any other era that that competes with now? I mean, there obviously is, but like, is there any in terms of how hot everything is right now? Yes, <laughs> this is not no no. This is not the hottest it's ever been. <laughs> okay, okay. And what? Like, if 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 the numbers say it is. What is the argument against it? Um, what is the many of arguments against it? Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me try something. Etienne, yeah. name a wrestler. 
Okay, that's good. <laughs> that was pretty good. He got to <laughs> Seth Rollins. Um, I, I was my guess was he was going to name somebody that wasn't even on TV anymore. So maybe it is, but uh, no, it's listen. And until we have the mainstream crossover appeal that we had in the heyday of the Attitude Era or the Hulkamania Era, it's it's not even listen. It's true that the viewership numbers are going to be down because people have more things to watch and there's more things people do with their time and everything's more segmented and fractured or whatever. But come on, man. Uh, if you see somebody in a... Well, okay. I was going to say, if you see somebody in a wrestling shirt at the gas station, it's likely to still be an Austin 316 shirt or an NWO shirt. But I guess there's a metric by which you can count that towards WWE's contemporary success. If you want to really do it broad brush, I guess... You know, there's something there, but they just don't have stars like that. You know, they just don't. It's 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 not. It doesn't have the same level of permeation as it once did. So wait, you're you're not in on Seth Rollins being in the in an MCU movie, the new Captain America, as mainstream, Dave? Is that where we're at? No, he's like one member of the Serpent <laughs> Society. It's like they did him a was, solid. He's he has less of a role than Roman Reigns had in Hobbs and Shaw. I'm sure. I mean, who know? Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but you know. Uh, I was just, I was, I was just testing to see how you do in the Ringerverse, if, if and when we get that call. Uh, I'm a big Serpent Society, Mark. Don't get me wrong, but that's, <laughs> but no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why we actually had you on today. We knew you are a Serpent Society, Mark. Brian, where mm -hmm. are you on this argument? You, you, you and I have kind of dabbled in this conversation a little bit uh, during some, some, some of our trips, to, you know, SummerSlam and WrestleMania. Where are you at on the uh, Attitude Era versus Now debate? I can't compare, man. Like, when you think about the Attitude Era, I think about the water cooler talk. You know, when I would... Stuff would happen on uh, Monday. And see, I was one who didn't have cable. So I used to look forward to going to school on Tuesdays because all my friends would tell me what happened. And then I, oh. like, lived through Shotgun Saturday night. So Sunday morning in church, whether it was in Sunday school or during service when I wasn't on the drums, I'm running to my friends and we're just talking wrestling. The bloodline story has us like this, but you know, we was talking about stuff Tiger Ali Singh was doing to people. Like we was just talking about everything from the top of the card to the bottom of the card. You know, and, and I love wrestling. I love where it's at right now, but outside of like my wrestling friends and my wrestling group chat, I'm not talking about it the way, you know, and I get the numbers, but I also feel like now certain things are going to be different, whereas more people creating shirts and more people creating different type of merch that we can rock and the rise of the independence. And it's also less shame to be a wrestling fan. So I feel right. that, you know, you're not, you're going to wear stuff beyond the Austin 316 and the NWO and the DX t-shirts. Do you guys think it's, it's really top heavy these days in WWE? Like there's a certain, there's a small group of guys uh, who are, who are kind of suited, I guess, to be world champs. Right. And in the attitude era, it felt like there was that net was a little bit wider. Um, and, and like and to, to Brian's point, too, like in the attitude era, again, you could talk mid card stuff with your friends who watched wrestling. Right. And it was just like it was kind of second nature. Right. You're like, oh, you see, you know, the, the two cools and Rikishi's of the world. Right. That was just the thing. And now, again, I, if I if I say Montez Ford to somebody outside of this this environment, I don't know how much you know response I'm gonna get. So is it is it more top heavy now 
than it was back then. Is is that one of the issues on why it's not surpassing kind of that that era? No, it's not more top heavy. They just had a smaller roster, and then and 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 the rising tides thing. I mean, they got they they were able to get guys like Rikishi and Too Cool over because of everything else that was going on. Um, but you know, the peak of the Attitude Era, those early, those days in the mid nineties. You know, there's a reason why Mick Foley was working three gimmicks. They didn't have that many wrestlers to wrestle. You know, I mean, there was <laughs> there it was it was much more limited. So the guys who were there really got over. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin would like do commentary. And by the way, that's what they need to have La Knight doing, not coming out here and just oh, cutting yeah. these keep me down promos. Like put him in the booth. Like the, all of Austin's run between winning King of the Ring and getting super over, he was just like randomly sitting at the commentary desk on Monday Night Raw, just running his mouth. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's it is top heavy, but I think it's working, and I'm sure that incidentally, more people now are aware of Montez Ford or whatever. Well, maybe if he'd been on TV more, but right. more people more people are certainly aware of Sami Zayn than they would have been without you know the bloodline, and and I think it's I think that you know the balance is outside of the, everyone's Judgment Day fatigue. I'm saying that sarcastically. <laughs> I think the balance is okay. Mm-hmm. Brian, it, what will it take for? I mean, as as a bloodline stand, mm-hmm. I ask you, would the bloodline storyline have worked in the Attitude Era? I, I think so. I think the bloodline story transcends. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think it could have worked. I think it would work big time. What, did we have the patience back then for that type of long term? storytelling no I'm, I'm i'm genuinely trying to remember <laughs> you know no the long-term storytelling from the attitude era was all sort of long-term in retrospect you know you look back right. at the end and you're just like wow the you know undertaker and mankind really did have a years-long feud or the rock and whoever remember they did like the rock and triple h like dvd collection where they were like because they were wrestling from like their opening their earliest days with the company all through the ic title scene and then later into the main yeah. event um, it's it, it. History is what t- is what told those stories. The bloodline thing is really unique. That it's I don't know if it was conceived to go this long, but it's really conceived in such a way that it could go this long. Um, right. And and uh, yeah, no, we we didn't have the patience for it. I don't think we wouldn't have had the patience for it in the same way. I mean, two, they had nine million things happening on every episode, and also it would have had to be a lot more crass and sex based and you know bloody i don't think we would the, the nuance certainly would have been lost yeah. i think the I mean, there's... core of it you know the the core of roman reigns being ahead of the table mm-hmm. i think that could have worked that's what I, you know and uh I, like i look at like austin and mcmahon right and how long that story went but like you said it was and i think that's how the bloodline story would have been you know, but I think the the central of Roman Reigns being ahead of the table, beefing with his family, trying to get them in line. I just think it w- it may have been faster, but I think it still could have worked. Yeah, yeah, I just think I mean, they, no, I mean whatever. In like later Attitude Era, you couldn't say I'm the head of the table without the Dudley Boys coming out and like trying to put you through <laughs> one. You know, like it's just, it, there's and then just, Al Snow coming out with head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that that would have been great. The head in the table. Put him through the table. Put yeah. Him through the table. Yeah. That's uh wow! I just fantasy booked some weird stuff uh, for, <laughs> for my uh, for my sixth grade self. Um, well, I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll have this discussion because you know it's whenever you say the word attitude, the phrase attitude era, it just 
invokes a, a, you know a kind of emotion uh, in in all types of people. And again, with wrestling being as good as good as it is now, uh, it's 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 also just it's just fun to kind of have it. So uh, all right, before we get out of here, uh, let's hit on last night's NXT and talk tonight's upcoming Dynamite. Uh, let's each pick the uh, well. Usually, what we do is we each pick the biggest thing that stood out to us from NXT. But we're all going to pick Dom, right? This is a Dirty Dom North American title celebration episode. I think that's the title of this episode, right? Like, is, is, does, Do you guys have anything other than that that stood out to you from NXT? I'll go one, like, subcategory. Sure, sure. Vic Joseph <laughs> on the call in that match, as it was careening towards ending, when, he, when it had set in for him what was about to happen was just... A beautiful, wonderful thing. He was, yeah. He he was just so distraught, and he's he is, first of all, an incredibly nice dude uh, in real life, yeah. mm-hmm. and also, but also just so talented. He's so good on that call in NXT, and uh, and, but that was just, I mean, that was just top level stuff. I loved it so much. The reaction from the crowd was incredible. I mean, usually they hit those, you know, those singles of the fans reacting, but. If you look at the wide shot right after the three count, mm-hmm. you see it from all the fans um, that are, are, you know, on the camp side. They're legitimately shocked and appalled. It's fantastic. Yeah. And do you think that those are? I know I don't mean that they're staged, but do you think that 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 was that's like a real performance, or is that shock sort of like performative? Uh, I mean. Like usually, like we the, do that. The, like when I'm at the wrestling, I don't mean that as an insult. When I go to the wrestling show, no, yeah, and the bad guy does, you know, whatever. I, I'll put my hands on my head, like ah. Mm. But like if I'm sitting at home, I'm just like, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a rock, you know, just totally stoic. No, I, I've had that thought too. Uh, you know, especially with the the ones that have become memes, right? Like the Undertaker uh-huh. guy, the end of street guy. You're like, oh, maybe he knows he knows the cameras on. This one, again, the one that made me realize that this might have been and likely was super genuine was that wide shot of mm-hmm. all the fans doing it at the same time. And yes, they, they hit individual fans, hands on head, uh, you know, looking legitimately upset. But it's that wide shot. If you, if you pause it right there after the three count where I said, oh, these, they're all mad. They're all, like, is it they're because all... that their NXT is getting sullied? Yeah, by this I think so. Interloper? This, yeah, mm-hmm. I huh. think so. Like, I I don't think you get that reaction on on like Raw or Smack. I think there's people who are actively cheering when Dom wins, right? Because I think everyone's everyone's booing Dom as a bit at this point at these bigger shows. Yeah, NXT I think still has that that homey feel, right? It's like they came into their their home arena and took away their title, uh-huh. is what it kind of felt like in that moment. So. Brian, did you have anything else? And we we just had a big Dom celebration uh, throughout this entire episode. Did you have anything else you want to talk about NXT wise? Um, you know, you know what? I if I had to go with something else, it would be Thea Hill and Tiffany Strat. Okay, because I'm loving the way like Thea Hill just like looks legitimate. I mean, the Kimura Lock is one of those moves that I'm always saying, how can you fake it? And I don't mean as in fake. Like I mean like. It just looks like it legitimately hurts. And knowing that they're going to have a submission match, I'm like, she could really walk away with the title. And that's a few that I would love to see go back and forth. I know we get, like, these long extended feuds, but that's a few, like, I would like to see them kind of one-up each other. Oh, you like the, uh, okay. 
All right, I'm with it. Uh, l- let's look at tonight's dynamites. Uh, what's the one thing you're looking forward to most, Brian? What do you got? Oh man, blood and guts, baby! I think this is going to be good. Um, you know, just like all the players involved. So I'm excited about that. There we go, Dave. What do you have? Oh man. Um, I mean, they set up. They've been setting a lot of stuff up that is incredibly compelling, right? I, I think. I think probably top of my list is another week of MJF and Adam Cole as uh, mm-hmm. and and their buddy comedy. Um, the blood and guts. Yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. I, I just can't wait to see. I mean, I think week to week, I'm just like, you know, want to see what they're doing with Takeshita. You know, just want it now. Now, of course, you want to see what they're doing with the the golden lovers you want to see, you know, what they're going to do with Pac. Um, and, uh, oh, and heel Jack Perry is having his first match, which is going to be interesting. Right. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a very, like, uh, I'm a fence sitter on him. You know, I've been kind of waiting for the heel turn and now I'm waiting to see with waiting with great interest to see how it's going to go. Uh, I think they're going to get there, but week to week has been, it's been sort of a ride. So, uh, I don't know. This is going to be a fun one. There we go. Um, yeah, I've got MJF and, and Cole as my the thing I'm looking forward to most. I, again, their social stuff with them just kind of acting or trying to be friends uh, has been thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. Uh, and again, I've I, I I turned the corner on this blind eliminator tag tournament. Uh, at first, I didn't really I didn't really get it or wasn't really on board, but I've come. I've done a full 180. I'm I'm fully fully on board. Well, if it uh, only on exists that. for the sake of getting this tag team screen time, then yes, right, right. But it but it's right. not. I mean, it's it's still sort of a weird. It is, conceit. and I think it's if MJF and Adam Cole weren't involved, I probably wouldn't feel this way, and I probably would have felt the same way that I did at the very beginning, which was I don't know, I don't get it. I'm not I'm not intrigued, but they uh they made some out of it, which uh, oh, was, they sure was did. Very, yeah, very, very happy with. Guys, that's how you do Wednesday. Uh, be sure to check out our other Ringer Wrestling Show offerings because we are coming to you every single day of the week. We've got the Masked Man Show with David Shoemaker and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays. We've got Cheap Pete on Tuesdays and Fridays with Peter Rosenberg, Stack Guy Greg, and Dip. And you'll find Wednesday Worldwide smack dab in the middle on, of course, Wednesdays. If you're not already... Be sure to follow us, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star ratings here on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. David Shoemaker, thank you so much for taking the time out today to fill in for Cal. It was a pleasure, as always, to talk the wrestling things with you. Tell the people what else you've got cooking on the Ringer. Uh, just this, you know, the press box. We've got some good things cooking up. Uh, some, some exciting stuff. These little bonus episodes and such are going to happen really soon. Uh, so, so you know, pay attention to this space. This being the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, and um, and yeah, that's it, man. There it is, Brian. Tell the people where they can find you on the socials. You can find me at Brian H Waters on the TikTok, on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. Just like you can find Ringer Wrestling on Twitter, Instagram now, Threads. Those links are in the bio, by the way. And yeah, make sure you check out cool stuff we're doing. Right. You can follow me at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. Twitter, Threads, Instagram, uh, Blue Sky, I think. <laughs> Whoever's <laughs> on there still. But no, at Ringer Wrestling is the key follow. It's the very clutch follow. You'll, you'll find all of us on there talking all the graps. So, gentlemen, 
Thank you, as always, for talking it out. Everyone else, we'll catch you next week. Worldwide. <laughs>